What's up, nation? What's up, everybody? Stand up. Stand tall for this day. Let's roll with it. We at war right now. We live. We lit. Let's get this thing going one way or another. I really appreciate everybody for tuning in to the mix. Well, we live like 95. I got a lot of things I want to talk to you guys about. I got a lot of things that I want to get off my chest. I got a lot of things that we want to really get down deep dirty with. Those who wear the silver and blue, those who rep the silver and blue, I ain't talking about the fake and phony fans that get around here and start crying. I see right now the Atlanta Falcons 1-4. Don't they have a better quarterback than the Dallas Cowboys? Don't they have a better wide receiver core than the Dallas Cowboys? They ain't out here crying, but everybody out here crying. All the Cowboy Nation out here crying, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of these little babies out here crying just because we two and mother-sucking what, three right now? Yeah, I understand that. I understand that y'all, 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 y'all got the little skirts on, y'all crying. Oh, my quarterback can't throw this. My quarterback can't throw that. I understand that. I understand that. But at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about it. So put your, just be a man sometime. I'm so sick and tired of these fans. I'm telling you right now that it, it, it just, it just, it just does something to me. Yes. I, I, now I say it to their face, but they, they all quiet. When I see them in person, they all fold up like weak tents and fold up like weak chairs around here. They got everything to say, but when they see the player in person, oh, I just want your autograph. Oh, I just want to give you a hug. Oh, you're such a good person. Nah, nah, it's football, baby. It's not even cold outside yet, and everybody's running around here crying like a bunch of babies. All we got to do is... We right now into the mix of things with this Cowboys Nation. And I understand. I understand collectively, whereas you want to get rid of the quarterback. Hey, he's not the best thing since sliced bread. But everything, all uploading up my inbox, they all have all the noise to talk in the inbox. But when they see me in person, I don't hear a word. But this is the thing. We're going to be live at Lava Cantina. You guys can be there live in the flesh. I'm going to have Cole Beasley out there. We're going to have uh, my guy, Bryce Butler, and also number 13, you already know his name, <laughs> Gallup. He's going to be out there too. So this is the thing, Cowboys Nation. Like I said before, don't the Atlanta Falcons, don't they have a better quarterback than us? Don't they have a better receiving core than us? What are their records? Somebody put that down in the, in the chat box. Somebody put that down in the chat box. Please put that down what the record for the Atlanta Falcons is, because we got to get this thing going one way or another. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. So with that being said, where are the Atlanta Falcon fans? Why they ain't crying? Huh? One and four. Don't they have a better quarterback? We sitting around here all into the, all crying because of the Atlanta Falcons are, are, are one and four, right? We sitting here crying, right? No. But everything is wrong with Dak Prescott. It's all Dak Prescott's fault, right? It's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy to me to even just start to even talk about this stuff. Because how weak the, collectively, the weak the fans are. We came down there in Texas Stadium, 90, over 90,000 strong. The whole building was vibrating. The whole building was shaking. That's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> so this weekend, we got the same thing. And then on top of that, even if we lose all the way out, that helps out. That's help us out too, right? We get a better chance to draft another quarterback so that you guys can have to. to this is what's going to happen. And I'm going to say this re, real deep down in my heart. I'm going to tell you, this is what's going to happen. 
even if you draft another quarterback, he's going to be compared, first and foremost, he's going to be compared to Dak Prescott. His rookie year is going to be compared to Dak Prescott. If he go a game, if he don't win more than 13 games, they can say, well, he didn't win 13 games. And then on top of that, after that comparison go away, then they're going to compare him to Tony Romo. And then if he don't throw the balls the way Tony Romo is going to do, then they're going to compare him to Troy Aikman. And then from Troy Aikman, they're going to do the Danny Whites. And then from Danny Whites, they're going to do the Roger Starbuck. And then from there, they're just going to say, well, he's not even passing like Carson Wentz. Or then they might say, well, with Pat Mahomes, his second year, he was doing this and doing that. People fail to realize that when you put that silver and blue star on your on your helmet and you put that silver and blue all over your body, you're going to be compared. And then on top of that, too, when you do those things, when you put on that silver and blue, the expectation level is unrealistic. And I'm going to say this when you turn and everybody feeding in the word delusional because they got it from Stephen A. Smith. They get everything, their ingredients from Stephen A. Smith. And this guy don't even really watch the football game. He's just a talking head, just like me, right? But this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. You turn on any NFL network, if you turn on any ESPN, if you turn on any uh, just even Fox News, you don't hear about the Atlanta Falcons going one and four. You don't hear about the defending Super Bowl champions being, what are they, two and three at this point? And the Philly fans are talking about, okay, do we put in the uh, Nick Foles or we do we start Carson Wentz? They had the quarterback controversy going on. You don't hear those talk tracks throughout the world, right? But you hear everything, everything about the Cowboys and everybody running back to me saying, like, it's my problem. You see what I'm saying? It's my problem because I root for a team that I love. I don't like the team. I love the team. So it's my problem. Hmm. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Shout out to Team Ortez Boxing, Devontae Parker. Mm, I liked him. I liked him. But I don't know whether or not he'll fit well with his system. We have some internal situ- situation going on right now. We heard the news and the talk track of Alan Hearns talking about, hey, we are not put in the right positionings. The coach is not calling the right plays. Blase, blase. And then on top of that, I understand Jason Garrett been here for over pretty much. You can say for over 10 years, we've been we've been experiencing the same exact thing, whether or not you have a a superb quarterback throwing the ball or whether or not you have a subpar quarterback throwing the ball. You experiencing the same thing. Eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. And then you also have a what? One bright year of 12 and four. Then you say, okay, well, these guys can go to the Super Bowl. Then all of a sudden, uh, the next following year, we're saying we're going to the Super Bowl. And then the quarterback gets snapped up, folded up like a pretzel. And then they put in, the, then then we go through a whole series of Matt Castles of the worlds. And then we got the Kelly Moores. And, and then we hear the talk tracks of the other guy. I forgot his name, Brandon Whedon. I think they can throw the prettiest ball that we can ever find from Jerry Jones, who's the salesman at, at most. And then we're going to hear these things over and over again. And then 2016 come around, they draft the quarterback who's supposed to be learning through the process of learning through the process of learning from Tony Romo. Then all of a sudden he have a spectacular preseason. I hear the same people that cries about it because I got a photographic memory. I can remember a lot of things that I read because I, that's what I do. I read. And then I can see the same people saying, oh, man, we should can Tony Romo. And I said, no. Give Tony Romo a chance to develop this guy. But now we know for sure we have a backup quarterback that can step into the mix. And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, the quarterback that we all love folded up like a week 10 when the Seattle Seahawks hit him in the back. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, 
Dak Prescott gets the hams. I think he loses first game and they go on this crazy winning streak and then the rest is history. We go through the same process. They drafted a fourth round draft pick with the Dallas Cowboys selected Dak Prescott and we hear the same exact thing over and over and over again. It just it just it baffles me. And then again teams like the the Atlanta Falcons get to sit back and be one and four. And not a word being mentioned. Teams like the uh the, the Patriots, they can start off slow. Then they go out and make acquisitions. They go out and get a Josh Gordon. They go out and get a, a defensive guy from who knows where. And they go out and they make these type of movements. And not a word has been said about our field issues. And we're still trying to rehabilitate David Irvin. We're sitting back still trying to give David Irvin time and time and time again. And we have that same mantra. Wait till David Irvin get back. Watch how the defense is going to unfold. Don't this sound the same just like 2015? Wait to wait to wait to uh, the other guy, Greg Hardy, get into the mix. This defense really gonna look nasty then. Oh, wait till Rolando McClain get in, get his mind right. This defense surely gonna get nasty then. We hear the same exact story over and over and over again. But yet, but yet, it's all Dak Prescott fault. Everything is Dak Prescott fault. But when you go back and you look at everything, if you look at absolutely everything before that point. I, I've seen people, really, I've seen people, we just talking, we talking now, we talking. I've seen people said, okay, okay, Law, can we just go ahead and insert Cooper Rush? Trust me, I love Cooper Rush skill set. I said the same thing with Cooper Rush with Dak Prescott. The guy needs time to develop. But now they're saying, force him out there. Let's put him out there in preseason. All of a sudden, Cooper Rush turned into a Pooper Rush, and everybody started going with that name, Pooper Rush, just disrespecting the young guy's name like he's supposed to be able to pass like Joe Montana. Oh, he's Pooper Rush. He's Pooper Rush. He sucked. Let's go ahead and put in Mike White. And then you put in Mike White, and everybody's saying, psych. Psych, psych on Mike White. He still need time to develop. And then we go all the way back and then a documentary come out. Parcells, he's saying, hey, you know what? Tony Romo, I always knew he had it in him, but put away the anointing oil. Put that away. He, the guy's not ready right now. Let's not anoint him too quick. And people fail to realize, and I tell me, trust me, and anybody that knows me personally know for a fact that the same amount of strength that I'm fighting for Dak Prescott is the exact same amount of strength that I fought for Tony Romo. It just so happened that they didn't have YouTubes of the world. There are a bunch of holes in the walls that I punched because of Tony Romo was able to get us almost there, but the coaching called a bonehead play. Or the offensive lineman gave up, gave up the the, the uh, inside leverage and broke him up and things like that. Or Tony Romo had like a four interception game or a three interception game. The exact same people collectively are are saying that, oh man, you just a Dak lover and you just trying to use Tony Romo. You're trying to put down Tony Romo to elevate Dak. And no, I'm just trying to remind you guys that Tony Romo, yes, he was an excellent passer of the ball, but things were not were not always the same. But one thing one thing I can fight anybody with, Tony Romo never had the weapons that the Dallas Cowboys got now. <laughs> These are not even weapons compared to what Tony Romo had. Do I have to start mentioning uh, a, a Terrell Owens, a Terry Glenn? These guys right here are pillars almost for their organization. And we don't even have nobody even close to that being on this roster right now. Do I have to mention a young Dez Bryant? 
They always had, do I, do I have to mention and start talking about these wide receivers that they had into the mix? Now, one can argue, in fact, to say, okay, well, Tony Romo kind of made Miles Austin, did he? <laughs> Tony Romo kind of made Laurent Robinson for that one year, right? <laughs> man, y'all miss me with that stuff, man. But neither here nor there. This is the thing. In order for this team to win, in order for this team to get things going, they must have to focus on playing better. Of course, we always talk about execution, but I always say this, using this as an analogy. Just because you draw up a play and just because it's the perfect play that you think that you have in mind. But if you put the ball in Shaquille O'Neal's hands to shoot the three-pointer, it will not work. You can say, hey, if we were to execute the play better, then Shaquille O'Neal would be able to drain that three. No, no matter what type of execution you do, no matter how long you practice on that play, it would never happen. The same, you can use that same analogy with Dak Prescott, with those deep vertical button hook routes and those deep routes down the middle of the seam. That's not his strength. His strength would be, hey, we're going to do these short intermediate routes whether it be if we have to interject a West Coast offense. The thing is, the best, the best way you can use this and look at it is what Nov Turner did with the guy uh, Cam, Cam Newton. Nov Turner never had a quarterback like Cam Newton. One can argue the fact that Nov Turner, he built and made Troy Aikman the quarterback that he became in his lustrous career. Nov Turner was able to adjust and say, okay, let me utilize Cam Newton's strength. Okay, the, the offense around Cam Newton is an RPO. Let me, let me interject more RPOs. Let me interject more uh, slants. Let me interject more comeback routes where it's to be only three to four yards off of those, uh, off those plays. And then on top of that, we're going to run to set up these uh, little play action passes to elevate his particular game. Now, one can argue the fact and say, well, hold on, Law. Are you saying that Dak Prescott is a Cam Newton? No, I'm not saying that. Don't put these words in my mouth. What I'm saying is this right here, is that all this stuff can work together if you put the guy in the right positioning. Just like I said, if you're talking about executing the play, instead of having Shaq shooting the three-pointer, have Shaq post down low, feed the baby, and you can get those two points there. And it may turn into three when they try to foul him because he's so dominant in those positioning. So you will have to craft your mind around and see, okay, what makes Dak Prescott good? What can we do in order to elevate his particular game? How can we help him out in these small factors? Do, w will it be a time when we have to go out there and get a Delaney Walker when he was available? You see, or, or would it be when it's going out there to get a, a, a nice, and I'm talking about a nice possessive receiver that's proven opposed to a guy like Alan Hearns of the world. Now, I'm not trying to throw salt at Alan Hearns. I'm not trying to throw salt at Tavon Austin. But right now, the only players that can make plays out there are all five foot nine and five foot ten. That's Cole Bees, and that's also Tavon Austin, who have bricks for hands. That's just the bottom line. He's speed, he can do the reverse sweep. Of course, he's fast and elusive, can do all those small things. But if you're not utilizing him right, now I can say this <laughs> we found a way to use him when Sean McVay really gave up on him. So that was something right there. But still, it is what it is. 
shout out time man shout out to you guys that's in the chat box uh power thank you for tuning in uh chaz jewels thank you for the donation to help grow the nation i really appreciate you for tuning in too uh john s espn yes i, I feel you the full ladder network they they using cowboys marketability time and time and time and time again and then des bryant he won't ever shut the hell up so he's all around here and of course he have a right to talk but man do he really want to play football or he just want to be one of the commentaries on twitter if Twitter not a pan is, man, what the hell is he doing out there? I just want to tell Dez Bryant, man, just be quiet. Just go a whole week without twittering. twittering. <laughs> don't, you don't have to. Look, people say this all the time. You don't have to respond to everyone. You, you see, just because people talk about you, you don't have to get out there and say, okay, all right, I'm going to respond to this guy. I'm going to respond to this obscure. I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. There's a good, that's a good show out there with David Chappelle back in the days had a show when keeping it real goes wrong. All Dez Bryant had to do, if he really just wanted to play for the Cowboys, he could have made that statement known to Jerry Jones when they released him and said, hey, instead of going for this revenge, Jerry, I just really want to play for the Cowboys. What can I do? What can I do to still be on this team? But no, you took it personal. You didn't want the contract with the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. You didn't want the contract with Browns. You might didn't want the contract with anybody else. And then now everybody looking at it like the teams that may have or could have reached out to you. Now they're sitting there saying to themselves, ah, do I really want this in my locker room at this point? Yes, he's dominant. Yes, he can catch the fade. Yes, he's a physical guy. Yes, we understood that Dak Prescott couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat if we was to pass the ball to him. Yes, I understand that. But we can utilize him. But now they're looking at it like, hey, we can do bad by ourselves. <laughs> but it, it is what it is. Dak, this is uh, from, from Jackie Smith. Shout out to you. Salute. Uh, Dak, us not our fall guy. Lenny Hand go back to watching when he had Megatron. What is the reason the offense didn't work when he had the number one? Yeah. I mean, Lenny Hand, he had Megatron. He, I think he had during that time of his career, he had also had Matthew Stafford. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that didn't work out for them. They didn't win a Super Bowl. They didn't win it multiple playoff games. I think that they even... They didn't win a playoff game in almost 30 years. So, yeah, we, we, we can look at Sky Lenahan's full body of resume. There's nothing to go over and say, okay, I'm happy about Sky Lenahan's record. There's nothing to really be happy about uh, Jason Garrett, the 8-8, and eight, the 8-8, eight and eight, the 8-8. Eight and eight. To me personally, Jason Garrett is a good guy. But sometimes it just goes to this thing right here. Sometimes being a good guy is just not good enough. You ladies know that. <laughs> you guys you guys know this. You know, sometimes it's being a good guy just don't work out altogether. You know, sometimes there could be a black cat that's inside of you, just walking across your path. There be some mirrors that bust. It just could be one of those things. It could be some luck stuff that just all this in the mix. It could be that. You know, I don't know. You know, it's just one of those things to me. You know, uh, it's just what it is with, J with Jason Garrett. I don't know. But complaining about it, just being all upset about it will not change anything. The best thing that we can do is still root for our team and wait for next year and say, okay, hopefully this team can get their head out of you-know-what and go out there for those who are out there who's all upset about everything. Uh, maybe they can draft the quarterback that you guys can bash in the following years from here on out. Because even if we get that Hubert kid, there's going to be a, a growth process that the Cowboys nation is not willing to wait for and then somebody gonna argue the fact to say okay wait hey wait a minute law did we just seen Carson Wentz do this thing last year 
No, there wasn't Carson Wentz. There was scheme, and that team won because of their defense. And then on top of that, that team was third-ranked overall in rushing. But everybody think that Carson Wentz was just launching that ball down the field and doing everything that he needed to do, right? And everybody praises uh, uh, right now the Pat Mahomes and the uh, Sean McVay's offense. We'll see. Pat Mahomes of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. It's not cold yet, so we'll see how that thing roll out. Now, if they go somehow, uh, maybe maybe projected projected fourteen and two, thirteen and three, something like that. If they continue this streak, shout out to the uh, Chiefs. But we the Cowboys. There's you can be the best quarterback in life for the Chiefs this year. You can, he can pass eight thousand yards in one season. It still would not amount to the uh, pressure that you have when you put throwing that silver and blue. Because you don't have everybody looking at every throw that you throw, and, and you don't have the microscope. You're not under the microscope that the Dallas Cowboys rest under every single day. There's not a day. Trust me, there's not a day that the ESPN, NFL Network don't talk about the Cowboys. And I've seen several days that the defending champions, the team that won the Super Bowl, that hosted the Lombardi Trophy, they go days and days without even talking about it, not even mentioning a word. You don't even, a lot of people didn't even know their line of fact was 1-4, but they do know that uh, Calvin Ridley got, what, six, five or six touchdowns. They do know those things. They do know that this guy done passed over 300 yards in several games. But Matt Ryan's is one and four. Can you imagine Cowboy Nation? If the Cowboys right now, of course, we only won game over one and four. But you guys can only imagine if we only won one game right now, how this thing would just turn all the way over. And all of the, the crybaby fans be like, oh, but I don't hear no crybaby fans from Atlanta. I've been looking on their pages and stuff like that. They always have the mindset, okay, we're going to flip this around. The game that we lost, we only lost by marginal points. When these things held together, we're going to get back. We we got this. We got this. Somehow I have still faith in, in the Freeman kid. I still have faith in Coleman running back. They have all these things together. But Cowboys Nation, they cry at the tip of a feather. They cry more than my baby. It's crazy around here. Cowboys fan 91 says, give Dak Prescott a real coach. We saw what happened with Jeff Fisher, right? <laughs> we saw what happened with Jeff Fisher. We saw what Jeff Fisher did to golf. Then all of a sudden they inserted a better coach. Now golf looks like he can walk on water. People calling him Tom Brady 2.0. It is what it is. Shout out to you, man. Eric Griffin, what's good? Y'all the best player. The, play, the best player is Jalen Smith. Oh, my God, Jalen Smith is playing his butt off this year. And I still have people talking about Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith is playing his tail off. Leighton Van, Leighton Van Der Esch is proving me wrong every every single Sunday. Now, even though, you know, as uh, far as his pass coverage ability and range, he still may have to work on that. I saw some plays that he gave up, uh, but he was still able to get to the tackle off that plays. But I saw some plays that he, he should have been a little bit quicker to the spot, but he's still a rookie, and I give him that pass on that every single Sunday, long as he's out there competing. That's what I like to see out of out of LVE. And he's doing his deal. Trust me, he's doing his deal. Linebacker core looks nice. The uh, front four. The only person that's really showing up this year, believe it or not, is uh is my guy D Law. He's he's showing his he's showing his tail off. Now, if we can get some extra help with number 94 and number 92, my other guy, Dorrance Armstrong, if they can come around the corner. And Taco, if he can come around the corner just a little bit more and get home and create some type of pressure on the opposite side, we will see D-Law eat a little bit better. But we still have to worry about David Irvin. 
he he, he still from from what I heard he had not reported to camp yet or practice yet, and he's supposed to report it yesterday or in today. He had not reported, and then they making the sand saying that okay, if anybody who don't need practice is him, he can still come up and step up and be up and be ready. And I'm sitting here saying to myself, football don't work that way. We can talk that talk, but it's all about what you're doing in practice that moves over to the field because we don't want to hear these hands to the face. We don't want to hear these dumb-headed calls and crazy calls about late hits on quarterback. Those reports, those things are what you develop during practice. So it, it's one of those things where I'm saying if this team do not, and I'm telling you, if this team do not look at that defensive front four and say, okay, we need help in the inside, because I understand Malik Collins right now, he's, he's on the injury-prone type of list right now with me. He's on the injury prone right now with me. I want Malik to step it up a little bit. I understand that you can't control injuries. But if we need some help, this defense is good, it's solid, but we need to be better than solid in order to win some more games in this league. Now, if we want to go with the organic tanking aspect of things, then, yeah, you know, we, we can just roll out with what we have right there. It's just what it is. Uh, unbiased Cowboys fans, shout out, shout out to you, man. Brian Bradford, man, long-time follower on both of my channels. Appreciate you for tuning in. Dak Prescott could go 20 for 21, and fans will say Dak needs to work on his accuracy. No doubt. You right about that, Brian. And, and this is the thing. Just because we have different opinions, different views about a lot of things, guys, doesn't mean that just because I say things to say, okay, this, he's going into his third year. He's still got to work on these few things here. Doesn't mean that I'm a Dak Prescott lover. What he's saying is that, come on, man, what you expecting? I went through an entire list. You guys can put down there in the chat box, every team, just throw me a team, and I can tell you what round that quarterback was drafted from. It's just what it is. Arizona Cardinals, first-round draft pick. Jets, first-round draft pick. The, uh, the, 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 the filthy Delphi Eagles, first-round draft pick. Every quarterback that we talk about in this league, minus the, the, the few, selected few, and then you can just throw Tom Brady out because he's, a, he's an anomaly, <laughs> anomaly. But this is the thing. Not everybody is blessed to have a Tom Brady. And not everybody blessed to have a Tony Romo type of years and Tony Romo type of quarterback. But Tony Romo said in his piece that it took him almost seven to eight years just to get his throwing motion right, just to understand, to, to develop his anticipation a little bit better. So it takes time for these things to develop. And I'm not just pulling this stuff out of my mouth. You know what? Aikman told the truth. This is from John S. Yes, Aikman did told the truth. He, he, tell, he tells the truth. Aikman called a spade a spade. That's what I like about Aikman. Aikman said the truth about Jerry Jones. You go back and watch that 2000, well, I'm about to say 2000. Go back and watch that 1995 Super Bowl. He said, we had to win this Super Bowl in spite of the coaching. Hell, everybody got their head in there, and you know what? And I had to coach the team. Troy Aikman is, that's what embodies a true leader of man, Troy Aikman. Now, 
Was Troy Aikman during his time a player? And I don't know, and most of you guys may not have seen all of Troy Aikman games. But Troy Aikman, was he one of the guys that you can say to yourself, I remember the talk tracks of Jim Kelly being better than Troy Aikman. I remember growing up in the talk tracks of John Elway is a better thrower of the ball of Troy Aikman. I'm, I remember those days. You guys may not. And I remember the fact that when everybody wanted Steve Wash over Troy Aikman, I remember when Steve Berline came in and said, hey, Berline throws a better ball than Troy Aikman. But one thing that Troy Aikman had that these guys didn't have, and that was his leadership, his, those, that intangible. So it, it is what it is. Troy Aikman won that 1995 Super Bowl in spite of the coaching. Now, granted, and I'm going to mean, and I'm going to say this, granted, will Dak Prescott be able to have those type of leadership? No. It's just no. The leadership that Troy Aikman had rolled from, grew from Jimmy Johnson. You see? So unless we get a, a, a coach in here, Trust me, like I said before, I really think that this guy, Jason Garrett, would be one hell of a, like, just all he does is offense coordinate. That's all he does. Or just motivate and offense coordinate. But as far as leader of men, just being that leader that everybody just sits still and listen, I don't think that they, that he's that guy. They Do the players fight hard for him? You can argue the fact that they do in certain calibers. But if we can get a coach that can drill Dak Prescott – <laughs> Come on now. You guys saw the documentaries. I don't have to rewind myself on this. Look at the Parcells of the world and Sean Payton, how they continuously drilled Tony Romo. He said, hey, you got to get that ball out quick, Tony. You got to get that ball out quick, Tony. Shoot, you, you, you small. You're going to be like a little wish on rye. You guys saw that documentary. You guys saw that documentary that he was still drilling Tony Romo. You got to get that ball out quick. I don't think, <laughs> and now we can go back and watch the fabricated, all cookie-cutter, drawn-up, uh, what is that, all-of-nothing documentary when, when Jason Gary doing all the F-bombs and it didn't seem authentic, it didn't seem like it was just built in and premeditated and things like that, Italian subs and stuff like that. But he's not one of those hard-nosed coaches. I, I just I just can just look at it and see that he's not one of the hard-nosed coaches. We, we can see that. The, the, the time that uh, Randy Gregory was one of those games that he had the personal foul, and Jason Garrett was like, come here, come, come talk to me. And he shunned him. He shooed him off. There's no way in life somebody would do that to Parcells, Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Man. It is what it is. It is what it is, guys. I really appreciate all you guys for tuning in to the nation. I'm just, I just want to be able to just talk to you guys and reel y'all in and, and just get things off of my chest, what's going on in my mind, my heart, my soul. I always say this. We always should still continue to fight a prize fighter. Even when he's losing, he's still throwing his best jab. And I want you guys to do the same thing. I don't want you guys folding around here being all, I ain't going to say the word, but I don't want you guys being like that. It's depressing as hell when we lose. I'm the, I hate to lose. I don't even let, when I go, when I used to teach the youth camp and we go to the boys and girls club, I don't even let people beat me in horse. I don't let them little kids beat me in horse and out and checkers. I don't let them beat me in those little small games that you try to teach them in Uno. I, I don't let them win. They say, Law, you should let them win. I said, No. You preparing them to become, uh, you, you preparing people to get comfortable losing. 
And it hurts me to my core when we lose. And it hurts me when I go into the office and people hanging up banners talking about how about them Cowboys, knowing that we lost. And they tap me on my shoulder and they come knock on my door and say, hey, hey what was that score the other day? You don't think I, you think I like that? <laughs> you think I like walking around with my coffee mug? Everything I got. Look at the Cowboy star right here. Everything, this, this little thing right here, I've been having it in my pocket everywhere I go. You think that for sure that I like what's going on with the Cowboys Nation? And then I get, I hear the Stephen A. Smith of the Worlds and, and Max Kellerman talking about, oh, you know, the America's team, you know, da, 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 da. You think I like to hear that stuff each and every day? People inboxing me this crazy stuff about Stephen A. Smith and what he said and Shannon Lachey Sharp, whatever his name is, and Skip Bayless on the team, off the team type of talk track. No, we don't like that. And everybody knows our number when we lose. Diehard Cowboys fans know this. Y'all know this. People will call your phone out of the wazoo. Hey, man, I'm just calling you, man. And I know it's going to come. My brother called me every time we lose. Hey, man, I was just calling to check on you, man. You all right? Yeah, man, did you get a chance to check out and see that game? And I'm sitting here like, you mother, you Sunday, and I got I to gotta not almost curse at you, man. But – at the end of the day, it's all love. And if anybody needs something, I'll try my best to help you out. That's just the bottom line. Anybody who needs uh, uh, help with the YouTube channel, Facebook channel, uh, MySpace channel, Black Planet, whatever it may be, Twitch, Twitter, whatever it may, hit me up, inbox me, and I'll try to help you out the best way I can, man. Man, it's Silver and Blue Nation all day. We family around here. I might not look like y'all. Y'all might not look like me. <laughs> But damn it, we family right here, and that's what we've got to be, baby. Yeah, let's roll on out, man. I really appreciate you guys, man. Actually, me talking to you guys, y'all helping me out too, <laughs> believe it or not, because sometimes it, it get crazy around here. I'll be looking at family doing all this stuff, and I'll be sitting there saying, damn, another Boise State guy? <laughs> and then somebody uh, reminded me and said, well, hey, law, at least – you know, he can do this and do that. Don't look at it. So don't be so negative about it. And sometimes y'all help me out, you know. So I'm sitting here saying, okay, but I still have to reevaluate the tape and look at this kid. And the thing is with that guy, he plays with instincts. He's six foot two. He can blitz and he's slow. <laughs> he's four. He run a 470. Who does that? <laughs> If you got some linebackers that run faster than him, but it is what it is. He's on the team for depth purposes. To me, he covers a little bit better. I'm talking about uh, the Thompson kid that we picked up from Boise State or from uh, he played for the Giants, got released, or what have you, because he had some foot issues. They got they released in him, and uh, now he's on our roster because, of course, he played for Boise State, and uh, we need those help and those factors. So, hey, it is what it is. That's all the time I have for right now. I really thank you for yours. And remember – you all are listening in to nothing but the best. Salute.